You're listening to the Big Finish podcast, launched on the 13th of December 2020. Computer, show us the litigation records for the last 12 months. I request more data regarding the recent trial of SV66. Well, this is all encrypted. <laughs> I'm Benji Clifford, he's Nick Briggs, and you've entered Hello. Big Finish's world of audiobooks and audio drama, second to none for audio tingles in your ear things. Ooh. This podcast is an audio window into the world of an audio box of delights. Oh, sounds rather nice. This week we go behind the scenes with Torchwood, the crown, in something that'll really set you up for a spooky Christmas. Producer James Goss chats to actor Derek Riddell and writer Jonathan Barnes about this rather splendid production. This week's free 15-minute drama tease is from the brand new third series of The Robots, with an episode entitled The Mystery of Sector 13 by Rob Whitelock. Uh, based on the robots from the classic Doctor Who story, The Robots of Death, uh, this spin-off series is really going great guns. Pow, pow. <laughs> pow, pow. That was quite a small uh, gun. Did you remember there was a song? Pa-pee, pow, 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 pow. Sounds like something we'd write. And on top of all that, all your favourite Big Finish podcast features are here. Although I spelt here incorrectly. I can't believe I did that. What's the matter with me? Uh, To warm the cockles of your heart. We'll be delving into listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. And we'll be giving you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. And in a moment, we'll be revisiting Adam Adamant Lives for the latest reviews. But before all that, let's spin the lottery wheel of chattiness and see what comes up. I can't type today. It could be in a sort of cockney way, couldn't it? Let's spin the lottery wheel uh, of the chat. It says Will, W I L on the four pages. Four bricks. Okay, the wheel has spun. It's between two categories, uh, Christmas and Nick's shed. There you go. <laughs> the festive shed. So, yeah, well, we're, we were putting the floor in this morning, the shed. Very enjoyable. Did you, did you, I heard, you did you say you were uh, on floorboard duty? <laughs> yes. For board. I was just at the window of uh, my wife's little uh, office taking a photograph of the shed you know obviously to put online at some point to bore people senseless and um steph just beckoned towards me and she said and while you're about it bring a pack of floorboards which were really (laughs) heavy so that was the sum total of my contribution so yeah the floor of my shed my new shed is going in um i don't know how i can link that to christmas i suppose you'll be in there by christmas perhaps well, you could you do never your festive know. dance I mean, in there, you know. <laughs> I can. That was a very good festive. That was about dance. as festive as I can get. <laughs> Just two hands limply up in the air, limply flapping oh. in the wind, like a Christmas owl, like a half-hearted swan. A um, hon. <laughs> I could. I mean, I could go in there any time, but the thing is, there's no electricity in it yet. And the internet's not being put in. So we have to get the internet, you know, in a sort of sizzling box. I imagine it like that 
the hand of omega thing from remembrance of the daleks you know or or, or that sphere that sphere that you know i don't know oh, what, the time, time con- min- the time controller yeah yeah time that controller thing, yeah. activated that's what i remember <laughs> And like that, they all just wanted to play on it, didn't they? Let's be brutally honest here. That was the. I remember going into a place. It was called the Gadget Shop. You did oh, yeah. Gadget Shops years ago. Yeah, I don't I know do, if they yeah. even exist anymore. But they always used to have those in the gadget shops, and I always used to think, oh, I'll have one of these one day. And then you get to an age where you realise it's basically completely pointless. Well, yeah, you just put your hand on the glass globe and the electrical sizzles inside follow your hand around don't they it's a real gimmick isn't it but you know great fun great fun do you think you'd like one of those for christmas benji (laughs) can you imagine yeah i don't know what i'd do with it i don't know where i put it and what because i don't understand really what they're for i feel like christmas day will be great boxing day you'll be like i've done this a bit too many times and then the day after boxing day it'll be relegated to sitting on a shelf forever only coming That's out it. for when you watch Remembrance of the Daleks, which, which <laughs> to, to be fair, is, is quite regular. So I guess it, <laughs> I guess it would get some... I watched The Mind of Evil Part 1 over breakfast this morning. Oh, it's so da-na, good. Da-na. <sighs> it's actually... I've not seen it in years, and I loved it's it. It's great, thought, isn't gosh, it? I thought, absolutely spot on. It's, it's one of those... I watched it. I'll tell you, not that I would ever want to, to, this to happen but I thought this would be great if it was remade not that I'd ever want Doctor Who things to be raped but I just think that would be fab you could just do so so many fun things with this it's a great story it's very hard hitting and it's great all the episodes are great is it five episodes I, I can't remember I think it's it six? I think it's I feel like it's six but let me six, double check yeah. it it's is gonna, six it, yeah it is suddenly I know I haven't even looked it up I just thought the idea that it was five was just nonsense it's great and you know it, and I love the whole storming of the prison sequence with all the all the crew members being shot the know, thing is the though it's already ups. brutal like it's brutal in its nature anyway like it is like that that first episode cliffhanger when you're getting you know the doctors getting to the point where he's starting to think he's on fire and you've got the prison sort of gearing up and everything sort of kicking off it's a real like you're thinking, I don't actually know what the cliffhanger is going to be. What, where is this going? Like, wh- what's going to be the bigger problem mm. right now? Which mm. is great, and the effects are really good as well, like the flames and the underwater stuff, and really good. Oh, I'm very yeah, excited for lunch, done. actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Enjoy. Enjoy. Well, there we are. Uh, do you think you'll be watching some Doctor Who on Christmas Day? Um, probably not. I don't think I'll have time. It's, it's, it's a bit of a busy affair, Christmas Day. I rarely, I rarely sit it? down. Yeah. Well, in, in my nature, I, I'm, I'm the, the entertainer. You know, I'm always, I'm the one that's kind of giving it, giving it that, keeping it going. We'll be you know, playing so. the spoons. I'll be playing the spoons. I ain't now playing the spoons. Um, doing all that stuff. So, I don't know. Maybe I will. I doubt it. I doubt it very, very highly. What are you doing then when you're standing up and entertaining? I'm fascinated to know. Well, you now. know, you're, you're orchestrating, aren't you? You're orchestrating the day. You're keeping it moving. Ta, 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 ta. You're, you're getting the band to go and you're bringing drinks. You're getting this, making sure there's enough food. You're, you know, it's it's all the stuff like that. You got to make sure it's all under control. Otherwise, okay. it's chaos, and we don't want chaos. And you don't want you don't want the dip in the day. You know, when the day starts to starts wow. to go down a bit, and you think, oh god, everybody's gonna gonna get full asleep you know that so you're the social secretary in your house then i am that's that's why i'm here that's that's my role (laughs) i I keep it going i keep i keep the energy up um but yeah no no time no what about you you're gonna watch doctor who christmas day 
I might do actually, yeah, yeah. Watch a bit of Doctor Who. I, I'm very, I'm, I'm not on my feet on Christmas Day. I, I end up just working, to be quite frank. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just I've, rest. I, I've been told not, I'm not allowed to work on Christmas Day. And I'm By not allowed whom? To work. By the family. I've been told instructions. Well, I'd, actually, I said that I wouldn't work Christmas Day. Well, I said I'd work Christmas Eve and Boxing Day, and uh, I've been told I'm, I'm not allowed to, even though I'm going to anyway. It's Christmas. You must enjoy Christmas. I thought it was great. But, but I mean, yes. I mean, I'll just sit around and try to eat too much, and Steph won't let me. And you know, although I'm going to go and visit my mum, actually. That's a nice uh, thing to do. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll we'll sort of just natter, really, just the two of us. Nice yeah. Christmas natter. Yuletide, yeah. Yuletide chattery, whatever that means. Well, there we are. We we covered my shed and Christmas, uh, thereby um, sticking to the rules of the the lottery will of chattiness. <laughs> if I could spell will it to, better next time. To all well, I mean, we'll be closer to Christmas at the next podcast. So I wonder what we'll perhaps we'll talk about Christmas, but just a bit closer to the microphone. Yeah, real Christmas extravagance, crackers, crackers, edible crackers, and pullable. The two crackers. Time now to catch up with our latest reviews. And as promised, we'll be taking a look at Adam Adamant Lives Volume 2 Face Off. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Adam Adamant Lives Volume 2. There is no such person as Adam Adamant. He's fictional. Are you listening? Now you're threatening me. You bet your ass. Oh. I don't respond well to being threatened, sir. Oh. That's quite enough exercise for one day. Firstly, your money or your life. This is the story of the end of Adam Adamant. I'll kill you! And from here can only get worse. That night, the night Georgina died, I wasn't there. So how can I ever walk away? How can I ever turn my back? I'm Adam Adamant! If you are, then I must be your mortal enemy. I must be the face. Georgina! Big Finish. We love stories. Just go to bigfinish.com and type Adam Adamant into the search pane at the top. Uh, First up, a detailed coverage from scifibulletin.com. Episode one, the first few minutes of this story and periodically thereafter had me laughing out loud with Adams once Adams, oh Guy Adams, once again using the heightened language that characterized the first box set and giving himself some juicy lines along the way, and why not? Blake Ritson continues to entrance as Adam. It's not just the way that Adam enters a room that's theatrical, it's everything about him that captivates those around him, which is helpful when he's rather underdressed for a pursuit. Oh, that's right, he goes running off after someone wearing oh, his pyjamas. Yeah, I do. God, it's, it's been a while since I listened to it, actually. Yeah, yeah, well, you did the sound design. I you? did, yeah. 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 Uh, Jamie Robertson's score and Benji Clifford's sound design, there you are, as if on cue. They remind me. well and the whole thing ends on a great cliffhanger that draws from the central question of the whole show just who is Adam Adamant sparkling dialogue and an engaging plot welcome back Adam 9 out of 10 episode 2 it's not easy listening you remember episode 2 that wasn't easy editing it I can tell you that was was I think the first 
the first job in in uh, that I had when lockdown was imposed for the first time, and so yeah. it was very unsettling anyway. Just just you know, the world was very unsettling. Um, and it was getting used to to not going out and you know all the mask business, and so to have that it was a horrible story to edit. It was, I mean, it's great, you know, it's great, but to edit it, it was like disturbing, sort of mental torture. Did yeah? Didn't you have your sister sitting yes, in the same yes, room as we, you working? We, we share a um, uh, working space at the moment because obviously work from home and all that. And yeah, so she had to endure it all day. I, I do feel sorry for her. She likes to work when she works. She likes to put on headphones and listen to sort of calming bird song for some reason. I said, "Why, why do you like doing that?" She said, "I just find it relaxing." None of that. None of that no. going on that. that well, day. you had people being beaten up and yeah, screaming chop, for mercy. Chop, chop, chop. Lots of lots of that and. So, uh, uh, yes, uh, Paul Simpson continues that I really don't advise doing so, listening to it, if you're travelling to and from a hospital visit, which is presumably what he did. Uh, But there's a definite through line as Adam maintains his sense of identity with the aid of his own inner demons, even as Dr Milligan tries to rid him of them. It's somewhere between brainwashing and mental torture, and there's a reassuringly mundane reason for it breaking down, as inevitably it must. Or the third disc would be blank! Uh, Blake Ritson gets put through the ringer in Guy Adams' script, and Nicholas Asbury switches his performance on a dime. He's quite incredible, Nicholas Asbury, isn't he? Brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. It's you know, steals the show in that particular episode, I think. Yeah. I'm hoping uh, that with this sorted out, the series can revert to the swashbuckling debonair charm that we glimpsed in the third episode of the last set. At the very least, the characters deserve a break. Tough listening, but kudos to Ritson, Asprey and director Nicholas Briggs for pulling it off. Seven out of ten. Episode three. Hopefully. Hopefully. What's hopefully mean? Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. It's like, that's the name of uh, Lizzie Hopley. That's uh, exactly hopefully. what I thought, yes. <laughs> Hopefully we'll hear some more from Adam, Georgina and Billy Boy. And when we do, I trust that we'll be nearer the lighter adventures that we heard portions of in the previous box set. The characters have quite definitely earned that reprieval, making sense of the madness of the previous episode and moving the story on. This is a much more engaging hour, 8 out of 10. Yes, I mean, that's the thing. This is a really hard and dark um, box set. Brilliantly written by Guy Adams. But as Guy said to me, he thought this was possibly the last we'd do. So he wanted to get in all the ideas that he and I had talked about. But as it turns out, it's done so well that we are doing another series. So um, do catch up with it, folks, because there will be more adventures of Adam Adamant Lives. And it is going to be, as the review by Paul Simpson here suggests, it's going to be far more swashbuckling, far more um, outrageous and slightly fantastic. It's, that's, yeah, I mean, I've heard some of the ideas that you've told me, and it's it's yeah. very it's very exciting. Um, and that's the lovely thing about Adam Adam. It's a little bit different, and um, if if you know with this you know box set number two, it certainly shows that what you can do with with this story, you can take it in so many different directions, which is lovely. Yeah. So yeah, we've check, just had check the, the scripts whole... in. Oh really? So it's it's yeah, ready. Just it's come ready in. to roll. Yeah. Ooh, how yeah. exciting! Yeah. There you go. We'll check that one out, and also the the first box set as well, because that's great. That's a fun one as well. Yes. So you've got the got the full the full contrast there of fun adventures and deep dark scares Beautiful on the place. stairs, wearing flares, <gasps> eating pears, 
Uh, finally, <laughs> setthetape.com. When I read that, I just think of that noise that tape machines make when you put, like, big tape machines. Like, yeah. I can't do the noise with my mouth, but I know... Oh, I can't do it. Um, setthetape.com says, this, this second Big Finish outing for Adam Adam and Lives is a palpable hit, and there definitely deserves to be many more releases to come if this high standard can be maintained for the future. Face it, Big Finish, oh, no, face it, Big Finish yeah. and Guy Adams are on to a real winner, and long may it continue. And it's been rated one, two, three, four, five, five round things out of round. I don't know what they are. Yes. Five round things. Ooh, nice. Um, next week, we'll be looking into the jaws of death with Dracula's War. Well, coming up soon, producer James Goss takes us behind the scenes with Torchwood the Crown. But before that, Nick? It's listeners' emails. Well, if you're like me, you dig an email, not with a spade. I mean, I don't dig them. I don't need to dig them up because internet is such is such that that we don't need to do all that. They just they just are very good. They just arrive, (laughs) and you can pick them out. And so, if you want to send an email, it's so simple. You don't even need a spade or a trowel or a pencil or a pen. Uh, Just a keyboard and uh, an open mind, and send to podcast at bigfinish.com. And it will fall in our inbox, and it might even be you that gets read out. Uh, First up, this one here from Adam Ross. Subject to this one is Hearts of Darkness Review. Hello, Nick and Benji. Hope you and everyone at Big Finish are going well. I've just finished re-listening to The War Master, Hearts of Darkness, for the third time. And to sum it up, it was sublime. Probably my favourite War Master box set since... Only the good, uh-huh. as it was It was a tightly paced four-part story with a great set of characters. Yeah. Both McGann and Jacoby gave great and unique performances, but I will say Colin McFarlane stole the show with an excellent performance. Hopefully, we get to hear more from him. Many kudos to Scott Hancock, Lisa McMullen, David Llewellyn, and the team for making another excellent addition to the War Master series. Speaking of Master, uh, the live-action yes. teaser trailer for the upcoming Eric Roberts Master spin-off ah. brought a tear to my eye, as oh. I never expected my favourite Master to be on screen again, let alone to have his own audio spin-off. Uh-huh. I'm really excited to see what Big Finish can do with Eric's incarnation, as I'm sure he would become just as beloved as Missy and the War Master, and hopefully it will lead to more adventures in the future. Perhaps even a Dalek or Halloween story. Oh, or both. Spooky Mm -hmm. Daleks. Mm. Spooky Daleks dressed as pumpkins. Uh, Lastly, (laughs) I just had a couple of questions. Okay. Uh, With Big Finish exploring alternative universes and timelines with stories like Daughter of the Gods and the Mm. Rose Tyler spin-off, would Big Finish ever consider bringing back the Ninth Doctor's uh, would-have-been companion, Linda Moss? Hmm. She was great. I like Linda. She was lovely. She was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And the actor who played her was lovely. We had a fantastic time with her on the filming. I now can't remember her name. What's her name? Uh, You're going to do the... I'm just a knockout. Linda. Linda with a Y. Uh, She was played by Joe Joyner. 
Joe Joyner, who has done some big Finnish stuff. Uh, no, Joe Joyner, a lovely human being and a brilliant actor, found fame, of course, in the UK with EastEnders, did that for many, many years and was, you know... Yeah, Tanya re- Browning, wasn't she? Really classy in the role. She's just one of those real very when she acts it's so real and yeah we that's a really interesting thought maybe we could do um something like that hmm. well it would all be down to whether russell t davis wanted us to do it because i'm sure he owns the character there must be a way to squeeze it in because i mean that's the, the beauty of uh, chris eccleston's time the night doctor is it's lots of dipping in and dipping out picking up rose and going back well so in an alternative yeah. yeah in an alternative reality she could be with any doctor though couldn't she she could. That's a thought, isn't it? Yeah, if we're going crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. How exciting, eh? She can finally go with the Chuckle Brother Doctors. Um, secondly, <laughs> with Nick mentioning that he would love to do more Lucy Miller audios in the future, would there be a chance to have new series monsters feature instead of 70s-era monsters? Personally, I would love to see Lucy against Eric Roberts' master, as the sarcasm and sass would be <laughs> comedic gold. I mean, there's every chance of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I hope you don't say 70s era monsters in a derogatory fashion because they're my favourite, really. Um, but um, yeah, no, I, I, yeah. Interesting. You could get some new series stuff in with Lucy. That would be great. Uh, finally, are there any plans to have John Coleshaw's Brigadier, um, that was a terrible Brigadier, uh, meet the Ninth <laughs> and Tenth Doctors? Kind regards. Thank you once again. Have a great weekend, Adam. Ah, well, um, I would never say never to any of that if I couldn't be that vague in a sort of cheeky way. Hmm. Thank you, Adam. Uh, next up, Justin Bush writes in uh, with a lovely email, actually. Um, Callan dot dot dot. Wow. Two exclamation marks is what he says. Uh, Dear Nick and Benji, I took the plunge into the world of Callan. I listened to everything Doctor Who related. BF classics, originals, and series I'm familiar with, such as Space 1999. However, I normally avoid jumping into series I know nothing about, i.e. Callan, due to intense OCD. That may sound odd, but it causes an irrational anxiety that my lack of background will somehow inhibit my enjoyment or understanding. It was specifically due to the copious amounts of love for it here on the podcast and on Twitter that I was able to overcome and listen. I am so in capitals that is so i am so glad i did it really blew me away with such a rich gritty atmosphere that painted vivid scenes in the imagination ben miles frank skinner jane slavin and yes you nick all had such gravitas and character in your performances this is lovely everyone felt genuinely real it felt like a comfort series i could sit back on a quiet day and just get lost in I finished and immediately downloaded Volume 2. Here's hoping for Volume 3. So, for anyone out there who starts listening to Big Finish for David Tennant, Tom Baker, all the like, I say, come for that, but stay for Callan. Oh, that's, that's good, isn't lovely, it? isn't it? Happy podcasting. Your friend Justin Bush, who's at Justin B. Quinnick, who, whose reviews we often quote, actually, because he writes such lovely reviews. Uh, P.S. Nick, as the master of classic voices, I was wondering if you could give me an I am the plant in your best Meklos voice. <laughs> How does he say it? Do you know? I can't remember. I can't just remember. Go, I am the plant. <laughs> it's all very sort of, I, I was very distorted, isn't it? Yeah. Fab though, isn't it? God. That sounded I too love- much like a Dalek, I think. Yeah. Well, that's a lovely email. And also, you, you know, it's it's continuing what, what we've said before and what other people have said before. People 
don't know what to think when it comes to Callum. They're a bit tentative yeah. about, about jumping in, but then when they do, they enjoy it and they stay, and so that's lovely. Well, it's like, you know, our friend Fatina, you know, she'd never seen the TV series and she wrote to me and said, I've got a, I've got a problem, I've got a new addiction, it's Callum. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, you know, other names I want to thank for Callan are uh, David Richardson. Uh, David and I went to see Peter Mitchell, who you know, whose father James Mitchell wrote the originals, and we did the deal with him. I want to thank uh, Peter Mitchell, who has written the scripts based on his father's short stories. Um, uh, they are some of the best scripts that Big Finish has ever had the uh, delight to produce because they are so I love things that are so specifically what they set out to be and he has captured it and he's taken these very short stories and he's expanded them into hour long episodes I think they're just amazing also the directors for the series Ken Bentley who directed the first series and Samuel Clemens Sam my great mate you know sorry that sounds like Ken isn't a great mate Ken is a great <laughs> mate I speak to him at least once a week possibly more sometimes five times a day we go yeah and another thing um you know, they they both did incredible jobs, and Emma Haig, who who produced the second series as well. I could go on, but I sense I may be boring everyone. Well, rock and roll. There we go. Well, we got another one here from Timothy Dylan Cheatham. Uh, the subject of this one is Torchwood. The story continues. Mm -hmm. Hello, I wanted to inquire if you are able to confirm that a future series of Torchwood. The story continues will be produced in the next few years. I have really enjoyed these stories and I'm hoping that there will be a conclusion. Thank you, Tim. Well, so I had a little email exchange with Torchwood producer James Goss and uh, it's very interesting, all sorts of fun. Yes, um, but um, I think the best thing to say is that, uh, you know, things are afoot, scripts, things being produced. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Um, Yes, I, I think I think Timothy that you'll be pleased. That's all I can say. Anyway, that's it for the emails this week. Um, for next week, let us know your Christmas listening plans. Really interested to hear about that. So don't forget right into podcast at bigfinish.com. Time now to delve behind the scenes as James Goss takes us on a journey into spookiness with Torchwood, The Crown. Who are you? <laughs> yeah. Who I'm, am I? Yeah. That's how we open these things. Who am I? Oh, yeah. do you want my name? Yes. Uh, hi, I'm Derek Riddell. And uh, you have the most amazing claim to fame in that without you, there would be no Torchwood. So I've just found out. I didn't realise that at the time, you know. But uh, yeah, it was a long time ago now, but I really, really enjoyed being involved in that. Um, because you were in the first ever proper episode of Doctor Who that featured Torchwood. Yeah, it was in the uh, the second series, I think David Tennant's second yep. series, uh, an episode called Tooth and Claw, uh, where I was involved with Queen Victoria again, but this time I was kind of protecting her rather than trying yep. to take advantage of her. And if you hadn't been torn slowly limb from limb, uh, by, by we werewolf. would not be in this recording studio now. Exactly, <laughs> that's it. That's it. Um, yeah, it was great. It was great introduction to uh, Torchwood and um, Russell T. Davis's script. Fantastic at that time. 
And when you were filming, because it was just after the first series of Doctor Who had been made, mm. and so it was suddenly this enormous success. I, yeah, I mean, I was very excited to be involved in it. Um, you know, we all grew up with it, didn't we? I, you know, my memories are of, of John Pertwee and Tom Baker. John Pertwee is the first one I remember being terrified by the sea devils when I was a, a young child hiding behind the sofa with that. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a lovely thing to have in your CV that you've been involved in it. I mean, I think it's... I mean, it's taken over the country again, hasn't it? Or, or has in the past few years. It's been so huge. Um, but I was not like, a, you know, a yep. real Whovian kind of stuff. I don't know my stuff like David Tennant knew his stuff, put it that way. Um, <laughs> yeah, at what point did you realise that David Tennant was the biggest Doctor Who fan in the world? I, um, I, can't, I can't... Did I know that... Had he written a letter? Or was that... No, it was Peter Capaldi that yep. wrote a letter, wasn't it? I just... There were just things where I remember being on set and he would just come out with little things. So it was like, wow, what's that? What's that all about? Little facts or things that he knew or that wouldn't happen. Was there a little bit of childhood joy to you in the fact that you were in an episode of Doctor Who and you were being chased down corridors by monsters? <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, the, when people ask you, what's your memory? My main memory of it is running down corridors. Because when you Pauline, for- Pauline Collins with her trainers on underneath her Queen Victoria dress. And they would just, you run down the corridor one way and then they would just switch a few things on the walls and then you run back down the other way. Hello, um, my name is Jonathan Barnes and I have written a tortured script called The Crown. What is it a tribute to? The challenge was to write a kind of Victorian ghost story um, that was a sort of torchwood flavoured tip of the hat to um, the ghost stories of M.R. James and his contemporaries. And uh, can you briefly describe, for people who've uh, stupidly never experienced an M.R. James ghost story for Christmas, what is an M.R. James ghost story for Christmas? Well, I envy anyone who hasn't experienced an M.R. James story because they have the chance, the opportunity to discover them for the first time, which is um, often quite unforgettable. Um, Yes, M.R. James, Victorian um, academic, Provost of Eton, wasn't he? Um, And every Christmas he would write a ghost story and he would invite his um, favoured students to join him around the the festive period and he would read one of these spooky stories. Um, And the tradition grew from there. He ended up publishing, I think, three separate volumes of of ghost stories, the most famous of which is probably A Whistle and I'll Come to You, My Lad. Um, And there are many others often they have at their focus a kind of um, main character who is overly curious, who is often an academic, who is rather unworldly and inexperienced. Um, and generally they are overtaken by very unknowable dark forces. That actually is an unbeatable summary. And I guess the idea here is uh, it's an M.R. James story, but with Queen Victoria as the luckless academic. That's right. Yes, well, obviously it has, it has a torchwood flavour. And yeah, the idea is to put Queen Victoria at the, at, at the heart of it, who in a way fits really well into the genre, being obviously the sort of presiding spirit of that era. But also is very unusual because, you know, M.R. James never has a female protagonist in any of his Stories. Just go to bigfinish.com. Don't do that. Sorry, did I shock you then? Uh, Just go to bigfinish.com and type crown into the search pane to get your ears wrapped around a whole lot of goodness. And Torchwood 
Yeah, The Crown is released this week. I don't know whether it works if you type crown into the Big Finish search no, I engine. I, I just can thought, certainly let you know. Is there any other well. story with crown in the title? Big Finish. Uh, crown of the Daleks. The Royal. Well, they've got Parliament. I guess one could say they they, they would have a, a monarch. <laughs> Uh, Torch of the Crown, uh, for King and Country, Doctor Who, The Church of the Crown, Doctor oh, the Who, Church Cry of the, the Voltress for some reason comes up with the Crown. Um, okay, well the Crown comes up anyway. That's good. Yeah, it does certainly come up. Good. Thank um, you for checking that, Benji. I'm much obliged to you, sir. You're very welcome, sire. Um, very, very soon now we'll be dramatizing you with the first 15 minutes of The Robots 3 yes there's three of them and yes those oh. misunderstood metal monsters that aren't really monsters are back for another thought provoking box set of adventures this week mm, but before that let's give you 25% off a randomly selected Big Finish release with <laughs> the Randomoid Selectatron always delivers doesn't it uh, we've brought in uh, Gallifrey series 6 for you here Gallifrey series 6 let's have a look at that Gallifrey was it um, volume 6 or se- oh no there series it is come straight yeah, up there come straight it's a mega whammy three story load of Dalek goodness oh yes I remember all that so yes it's, uh, the stories are great titles Extermination Renaissance and Ascension yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's written by Scott Hancock, James Goss, and Justin Richards. Interestingly, the uh, the stories on the website are not attributed. You, do, you have to guess which writer did which one. <laughs> <laughs> so, Was it intentional? Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> uh, have I discovered another website cock-up? Probably. Anyway, here's the trailer. Each of us has tales about the Daleks, whether they happened on Earth, the Moon, Etra Prime, or Gallifrey. But eventually, those stories have to end. Even ours. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. This is Guard Commander Lucas Topperas. All squadrons in the local vicinity are to report to the Nauticon immediately. This is not a drill. Repeat, this is not a drill. Nathan, take Leela and head for the council chambers. What about you? Romana, I'm... I'll be right behind you. Go! They've secured the central levels. Our forces are being slaughtered. There's no way out. Gallifrey will fall to the might of the Daleks. I'm warning you. We have been warned. Open fire. Castellans, no! Hello, you. Oh, no, Romana, tell me you haven't. You are who my Romana will become. The two Romanas. Working together. Saving Gallifrey. Exile her. I beg your pardon? You heard me get her off my planet. Now. I wondered how long that would take. I have seen you before. Watching from a distance. If I may... Creature, I shall stand and watch with you for a while. What are you waiting for? I want to know how this story ends. For all of us. And if today's the day, and this is our final chapter, like you say, well, I'm determined to make it a good one. Then that is the best of reasons you could have. 
This is it then. No going back. Ramona! I'd like to think you'll miss me, but I don't think you'll even notice I'm gone. And who knows? One day, I may come back. Yes. One day. Ramona! Thank you all for listening. For trusting. And for accompanying me. Of course, you can look out for so many favourites in this episode. You've got Lala Ward, Louise Jameson and even Sean Carlson. Obviously, there's uh, John Leeson as well and Juliet Landau. And there's uh, some chap called Nicholas Briggs there. Barnaby Edwards, Scott Hancock even plays a part called (laughs) Jevon. I think Jevon deserves a spin-off, don't you? Oh, it's got my friend as well, Tom Rees Kay in there as, as pilot. Oh. Nice guy, nice Miles man. Richardson as well, playing Braxiatel. Charlie Ross as Genatis. Uh, that's my favourite silly name today. And of course, Stephen Wickham as Valiers, I think that's pronounced. Stephen Wickham, who may hold the record for being in the most big finished productions ever. Or maybe that's me. I don't know, but he's been in a <laughs> hell of a lot of them. And he always says, I haven't been in enough of them. Give me more. More. So there you have it. I think think he was famous for saying, Ming, definitely Ming, in um, (coughs) Phantasmagoria, our second ever story. So, um, whose turn is it to describe how you get the 25% off? I think I did it last week, but I'll do it now because I'm, sure? already, I'm already I'm already there, mate. I'm already on the website. It's so easy. <laughs> That's the beauty. It's not a difficult thing to do, you see. You just go to bigfinish.com, yes. and on the menu, you go to podcasts. Right. And on the podcast, it has the latest podcast. Yes. And on the latest podcast, you click read mm-hmm. more. And on the yes. read more section of the page, underneath the big yes. picture of us and the cover, uh, it <sighs> will tell you there to just click here and enter the code buck up. That's buck up, all capital letters, no spaces, no complications, no punctuation, no location. Uh, you put that in and you will get your discount. It's it's mega. It's big, it's bold. It's it's exactly the old the old catchphrase from years gone by is still living and breathing. So there we go. Stop the discount there. Stop don't move. That's there. Get your discount in and you'll you'll make it make a saving. Why not? Maybe some gravy. I don't know why I said that. Maybe uh, some tr- all the trimmings, all the trimmings, trimmingos. Uh, well, thanks for that, Ran. Always a pleasure. You never miss a trick, do you? Sally, though, it no. is time for us to get on our Christmas wow. sleigh. You've written yes. sleigh here, like sleigh as in I'm going to slay a beast. <laughs> I know. I was having a bad time with the typing, you know. I was too busy with the shed. The Christmas sleigh, it's like the annual culling. Um, and, ah, <laughs> time to slay. Oh, oh, oh. Um, but before we do go, uh, in the spirit of this week's Torchwood, let's put on our crowns and say yes. goodbye uh, in the style of uh, Queen Victoria. Goodbye. Yes, goodbye. And while we're gone, here's something for you for free. Our drama tease, The Robots 3, starring Nicola Walker, Claire Rushbrook, David Collings and Pamela Salem. And our teaserific episode is The Mystery of Sector 13. What a great title. By Robert Whitelock. 
morning music on. Prepare a soda coffee at 140 degrees. Lights down, all systems to stand by. Oh, I need this. Lights up. Lights up! What's the matter with this control system? It's so slow to respond to anything you say. I was just trying to enjoy a moment there. It's very early for you. You want a new fitness regime? Inadvertently. Trying to squeeze the search in around work. It fills the hours. Still no sign of them, then? Not yet. But they're out there. Are you sure? Maybe the sons of Caldor are just a myth? You don't believe that any more than I do. I have to cover more ground. There's so many anomalies getting flagged by our algorithm that there's no way we can get through them unless I start putting more hours in. Then refine your algorithm. If we narrow the criteria down, we'll probably end up missing something really crucial. Music off. How can you bear to listen to that rubbish in the morning? It drives me mad. Oh, it's lovely to get together like this before we head out into the wilds of Caldor City. It's really soothing. I'm not in a great mood. Slept about three hours last night. Right, I've got some SEDs you can take. I don't want to take SEDs. For goodness sake, Liv, everybody takes SEDs. Yes, I know everybody takes SEDs and everybody takes stims. I don't want to live my life permanently on uppers and downers, thanks. Have something to eat. I'm not hungry. That is such a lie. You're always hungry. Oh, come on, don't sulk. I'll make it. OK. What have you got? Mm. A lovely new hormonal and enzymatic protein cooked up by Agritech. They might want to come up with a catchier name for it. How long is it going to take? A few seconds. Can you do it any quicker? Your foul mood isn't enough to crush your sense of humour, unfortunately. Hormonal and enzymatic protein at 160 degrees. There you are. Compliments of the chef. Thanks. I'll eat it on the go. Do they want some feedback on this? Oh, yeah, I expect that'll be very helpful. It's like eating that stuff they pack crates with at mining facilities. I'll pass that on. I don't know how I'm going to get through today. The itinerary is ridiculous. Count yourself lucky. I've got a conductor section audit. It's the most boring job in the world. We should do a swap one day, see if they notice. You notice. It'll drive you mad in no time. I'll call you later. Door. Door. Door! We've got to get this looked at. Have a lovely day. This is normally a quiet time for the comms lines B78. You may go to the server room to commence maintenance duties. Order accepted. You may stay at your station and answer that call, B78. It is a distress call from a woman whose husband is having a seizure with some hemorrhaging. Dispatch an air vac to her location immediately. Distress call from a man who is having mild hallucinations cranial pain and blurred vision. Recommend that he visit his nearest hospital as soon as... A woman says her daughter is screaming in pain and writhing on the floor. A man is vomiting and hearing voices. 
multiple distress calls, listing ailments as diverse as pain, anxiety, respiratory problems, pulmonary, and cardiovascular. Request all medical emergency folks to come to the monitoring room. We require immediate assistance. Is there any pattern to the call so far, V-78? Analyzing data. It would appear that all incoming emergency calls are emanating from one place. They are all coming from Sector 13. Chenka, there you are. I was wondering where you'd got to. Overtake, Skellen. My apologies if I'm a little late. It's hard getting through those protesters. Then leave earlier. Should we be worried? Those crowds seem to be getting bigger every day. We're working on diffusing the situation. That's rather what I wanted to speak to you about. Follow me. landing SV-56. It was performed by the onboard computer. I know. I was being facetious. I do that. I see we'll be travelling in the deluxe version today. The flyer is a standard Delta Leonis fusion vehicle requisitioned from the company hangar. There is no deluxe model. You've got to try to get the hang of levity. You'll never fully understand humans if you can't tap into our humour. This was an attempt at humour? Oh, if I didn't know you better, SV-56, I'd take that as a put-down. It is not within my program's parameters to administer put-downs. Well, maybe it should be. Second thoughts, that's a terrible idea. One of us needs to be serious, and it's not going to be me. Come on, let's get this thing in the air. I want you to personally oversee this signal boosting program, Tula. The company have high hopes for it increasing robot productivity over the next few years. That's going to be a bit of a stretch for me. The internal audit function have already tasked me to lead their section audit. It's the first I've heard of it. They never consulted me about this. They don't need to. Audit have executive power when they're conducting their system checks. <sighs> OK, do what you have to do to keep them happy, but I still want you on the signal boosting program ASAP. <laughs> possibly delay the rollout until we have a bit more time to dedicate to it? They've rolled it out already. It launched this morning. It was considered urgent. Human-robot relations are at an all-time low. Well, I wonder why. And that's unlikely to change on its own. I can't see how increasing the wave frequency is going to improve human-robot relations. Making robots more efficient won't change that. Logistics seem to think that more frequency will mean more productivity, meaning more profit, which in turn will make robots more popular again. I'm sure the shareholders will do amazingly out of it. I can't imagine how anyone else could benefit. When the rich benefit, the poor reap the rewards as well. This transcends social class. We're all in this together. The fear of robots gaining rights and supplanting our species is growing all the time. I agree that we need to take action. Maybe the citizenry would do better if they rioted. It might force the company to listen to them. Yeah, you might want to keep that to yourself. Those opinions could get you in front of the kind of people that are best avoided. 
Yeah, I'm sure if the executive board wanted my opinion, they would have asked for it, overseer. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, publicity are going to be in touch about a robotics PR campaign. I think I'm probably going to have my hands full with the audit for the next few days at least. Human-robot relations, Tula. It won't wait. Priority one, and that comes from the top. My work-life balance is becoming non-existent. I have every faith in your ability to rise above it all and deliver. I know you won't let me down. Of course, overseer. Who needs sleep anyway? Show me the list of anomalies that the algorithms come up with. Wow, that's a lot. We will be unable to accomplish all of these tasks today. Yeah, well, most of them are probably dead ends anyway. Did we bring anything to eat? I'm hungry again. I brought some plant-based derivatives and a reconstituted and mechanically recovered flesh product that requires rehydration. Yummy. Sounds delicious. Nothing has a catchy brand name anymore, does it? I think I'll wait until we land. How long to our destination? At our current speed, we will arrive in approximately 20 minutes. Oh, okay. Give me that lump of whatever it is. Which, which one is this again? It is the dried and mechanically recovered flesh of the- No, the place we're going. Sector 13, a post-industrial, semi-residential area now either derelict or occupied by the poorest Kaldoran citizens. Medical emergency received multiple reports of spontaneous neuropathy this morning. No known cause. I'm not sure how the algorithms flag this as a possible lead. Hardly screams sons of Kaldor, does it? We really are clutching at straws here. Over a hundred people reported nightmares, visions, shortness of breath, anxiety and bodily pain at the same time. They were probably just hung over or suffering the side effects of commercial medication. The use of stims is totally out of control. You can't blame them. I mean, some are like Sector 13. Do you wish to abort this journey? Nah. I've followed up so many useless leads in the past few months, I'm becoming immune to disappointment. You believe this mission to be fruitless? I'm beginning to wonder if Tula's right, that the suns don't really exist. There is firm evidence that the sons of Kaldor are real and currently active within Kaldor City. When I say exist, I mean that they have an organisation, an infrastructure. It's easy for a few nebulous individuals to cause some mayhem and make it appear like there's loads of them. You and I could blow up a comms tower today and call ourselves the Kaldoran Revolutionary Front. It'd still just be you and me. I am incapable of harming humans. It is against my programming. Oh, that's what they all say, SV-56. Computer, run a geoscan of reported cases of neuropathy in Sector 13. The cases all cluster around this point here. Interesting. Big building. What is it? It is an abandoned warehouse complex, formerly used by mining and heavy industry, now derelict. I knew it. Another wild goose chase. Prepare yourself for hours of trekking around some dark, cavernous slum that local residents have been using as a toilet. 
This is such a waste of my time. This is such a waste of my time, V42. I have other things to be getting on with, you know? Audit is an essential function to the smooth running of the company, Overseer Chanka. You don't really need me here, though, do you? You could easily audit all this data by yourself in a fraction of the time it takes me. As a human, you can interpret the subtext of the data, whereas I can only read the raw input. So, you're here to look over my shoulder. I am here to assist you. In a supervisory capacity. If you required supervision, they would have assigned a supervoc. You're not bad at diplomacy for a VOC, V-42. Where should we kick off? Kick off? You're pretty useless with human vernacular, though. What data do you want to scrutinize first? We should begin with legal. I have records of the company's litigative actions for the past year. Computer, show us the litigation records for the last 12 months. I request more data regarding the recent trial of SV-66. Well, this is all encrypted. Computer, decrypt the data. Denied. Overseer Tula Chenka, I have full high security clearance. Decrypt the data. Denied. I don't understand why it's not complying. I should be able to access anything below executive clearance level. I can decrypt the data. That's not necessary. I know what it says. I just don't understand why it won't show me. Now, here we go. Oh, this is mostly encrypted as well. The company obviously thought the data too important to make it generally available. But this has just been all over the news feeds. It was common knowledge. Everybody knew about it. I suggest we save time and move on to another case. Okay, but make a note of this. I'm going to do some more digging and see if there's anything else that isn't quite sitting right. I've never walked around Sector 13 like this. It's always had a bad reputation. Do you think the flyer will be safe? Any attempt to break into it will initiate its takeoff sequence. Well, I'm not sure about that. I don't fancy getting stranded here for the day. The streets are empty. Of course. Poor spend all their time on the socio-virtual networks or plugged into virtual gaming. They haven't got anything else. It is illegal to crowd the roofs of the buildings with this many antennae. All these occupants are contravening Caldoran building law. Got a pity the underclass that still have to live here. The whole place reeks of desperation. The dwellings here are urgently in need of maintenance. Well, they won't get it. Only the die-hard locals have stayed and nobody cares about them. This area has outlived its usefulness. Progress is relentless, Medtech Chanka. Hmm. Is this progress? There's no robot serving class here. I doubt anyone on this street even has a job. These industrial buildings must have been used for something. Sector 13 is an ancient site originally used for analog machine building. Having been superseded by AI multi-dimensional print systems, it was rendered obsolete. So were most of the humans that used to work here. You've been listening to a big finished production. And don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. I mean, it's so easy. Come on. Yes, Come on. Come on. Stop it. Stop it. Sorry. Back up.